following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. There's been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. <laughs> like we're at the beginning of Apollo 13. The clock is running just to make sure that we have a podcast that we spend an hour and a half doing and then we part ways and then you say there's nothing saved on the disc. No. Yeah. That was not good. People reached out like you got to have a podcast. You guys usually do this for the, you know, every week for the football season. It's like, well, here's what happened. Yeah. I I don't know. I must I I don't know. I must have done something Wrong. I didn't think I did anything different than I ever do, but... the famous words. I think I, I did know. something wrong. I don't know, man. Just wasn't there. So we did a... We actually we did. did. We actually did. We were here last week. We and, talked about the big brewer trade. Right. Sorry, everybody. We're not doing that again. Uh, but we, 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 we efforted and everything was good until we went to upload the final product and the final product wasn't there, yeah. unfortunately. Great, so Great stuff. Sorry. We will effort to do better, which doesn't really mean much until it actually happens or doesn't happen. So, um, back for another week as we are closing out the NFL season. We got three weeks left. Yeah, man, college football bowl season, your favorite time of year. Got another game tonight. Kicks off at eight o'clock. I think it's the New Orleans Bowl, Western Kentucky and South Alabama. I'll watch maybe a quarter, then I'll go to bed. Uh, you're going to go rewatch the Bucks game, I would assume. Yeah, I mean, by the time we're done, yeah. it'll be second halftime. I gotcha. don't think I need to rewatch the first. Okay. So. so there is a lot of stuff going on, and we will start, as per usual, with the NFL and a game from Sunday where the Eagles beat the Bears. Um, I was kind of conflicted. I would have liked to see Chicago get this game just to say, hey, yeah, we can beat these guys. But then I'm like... Do you really want to beat them, or do, would you rather have a better draft pick at this point? I know. Because does the win mean that much? No, and it's the part of sports that you hate, especially when you're cheering for a team that stinks. Right. Because, yeah, I don't want to excuse me, watch a game and hope my team loses, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah, at the same time, it, the, the win means nothing. Right now, yes. So, yep. I don't know. I. Eagles win 25-20. I thought the Bears really overall played pretty well. I thought they did as well. Um, Fields had, like, one of the all-time great quarterback runs that looked like it was going to be for a touchdown, but they called him out at, like, the eight. Um, just, I, so I don't I don't know how he gets out of some of these situations, mm-hmm. but he does. Um, uh, I thought that he... And I'm okay with it. I thought he made a couple business decisions during that game. <laughs> and you know, he's he's been he's been a little nicked up as of late. He's had the, he had the shoulder thing. He's been hit a lot in the pocket this year cuz the line has struggled. And you know, when you're 3 and 10 and it's butt ass cold out, um diving for that extra yard so it's second and 4 instead of second and 5. Not really worth doing. Risk reward. Yeah, yeah, and I'm okay with that. And I, I give him credit for being smart enough to know to um, not not get killed. But 
It, he he commented on it after the game, and I commented on it. I remember talking about it last year. For some reason, he is not getting these late hit calls when he slides. And the there guys was, on the score said that on the yeah, so, on social and, media and as well. I, I, I don't know that there's any kind of like a conspiracy about it or anything like that. But he's just not getting the call. There were a couple times last year where he got hit in the head and didn't get calls. And there's been sometimes this year where he's given himself up or he's clearly out of bounds on a scramble and he's gotten popped. And Indomitian Sue, who's known for that kind of stuff, Bullshit. got him this past week and there was no call. And he brought that up in the in the post game. And he, you know, he told the line, you know, obviously he doesn't want to get fined. But he's just like, you know, I'm just going to keep talking to the referees and asking them why I'm not getting the call, but I'm not getting the call. And I I don't think that there's been any game this year where I can say, oh, that cost him the game. But it's like, hey, man, this is the franchise quarterback. You can't be taking cheap shots, allowing people to take shots at him when he's clearly given himself up. So I don't know if we'll see any change in that in the short term, but I hope going forward that – you know, because otherwise he's going to have to change his game. Well, and that's what I asked one of the one of the Bear fans. We have a quite a few of them in the office, and I and we were talking about this on uh, Monday. And I said, "Is this is this style of play that he has sustainable for him for a long term career?" I mean, no. With, the short answer is no. Right. I think, and the history would tell you that that's the correct answer mm-hmm. because how many times in the last few years, has always the worry been about Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Always. Yeah. And and the type of game that he has, you can do in the regular season, and if you have postseason aspirations, you get to the playoffs, that generally doesn't work, and we've seen it not work. So if you're going to say that this is the guy and this is how he plays and we're going to have to win with this, well, there's already a blueprint that maybe you can only get so far with that, and you're going to need to do something else or be better at something else and not rely solely on that. Listen, I mean, think just off the top of my head, think back to the, those kind of players over the years. I mean, you know, Randall Cunningham, what happened? He got hurt. Then he had to learn how to basically be a pocket passer. Um, Steve young early in his career, kept getting concussions. He had to learn how to be a passer. Um, You know, Michael Vick, I, I mean, granted he, his situation was a little bit different, but I don't know that his style, at some point he was going to have to transition into what he was with Philadelphia, where he had to learn how to play out of the pocket. Lamar's going to have to learn that. Josh Allen's going to have to learn that. I mean, some of these guys that another guy that's are, well, yeah, they make these amazing plays outside of the pocket, but they're, they're just getting rocked. And, you know, Josh Allen's a big guy, so he might be able to take a little bit more abuse. And Fields is a good-sized guy. Lamar's not. And I think that's why we're seeing him miss games. He's, he's, a, he's a lot more of a slender guy than some of these other ones. So, yeah, I, I'm. it's a scary proposition playing that style with your quarterback. It, it, it is. There's, there's a lot of unbelievable plays that can happen when you have a guy like that. But, yeah, the... The injury risk is real, and that's why it was nice to see him be smart enough mm-hmm. to not put himself at risk in some of these situations. But that's why his point needs to be well taken, where it's like, listen, 
I know the way I play can get me rocked. So if I'm giving myself up, I can't then get still get rocked. You got to help me out here. Um, a lot of defensive injuries this week for the Bears. Their defense has already been banged up and shorthanded the last few weeks. Um, Jack Sanborn done. now done for the year. What was that? A, ankle. An ankle thing. Um, they had a couple other guys go down. Um, Tevin Jenkins goes down real early with the neck thing, gets stretchered off, and then I heard you say today he's back practicing. That's what Eberflus said. So, Might actually play this weekend. It's like, yeah. I don't know how you go from that to that real quickly. Is but, that just like a way, way overabundance of caution on be. the doctor part, and maybe Jenkins is laying on the field going, really, you're going to put me in this? You, Who knows? You, you take me through all the tests, you pass all the tests, and I feel good. Why are we holding me out? Yeah, right. I don't so, know. So, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, right now, if they lose out, they are in the two number two spot for the draft. And that's good. Which is, uh, you know, I, th- I think at this point for them, anything top five, which is, I think, virtually guaranteed at this mm-hmm. point, I'm fine with. Um, obviously, the higher up you are, you could get a little bit more if you were deciding to trade down, which I think would be a wonderful thing for them to do because they need – an abundance of talent more than they just need one guy, I think. Well, I told you that last week, which didn't air uh, because we didn't have it. I watched, I looked at my first mock draft uh, already. Somebody came out with where the standings currently are. There are five quarterbacks that are going to get taken in the top 12. Mm -hmm. So it's like people are going to be thirsty for these guys. And if you hold the number two pick and you don't need a quarterback, you're in prime position right. for somebody to want to deal with you, and you can add another first-round pick or more picks down the line if you need that much help. Yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, you know, maybe if not before the season ends, maybe uh, before the draft we can get Lauren Cox yeah. to come on, and, and I'd love to hear his opinion on, the, on, on where the Bears should go. But, you know, I, all in all, I really don't have a lot to complain about the Bears season, even with, his, even with a 3-11 and record. I think they're going in the right direction. I think they're um, pretty. They've been pretty well coached. Um, I think those guys have gotten better as the years gone on too, because they're 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 first timers in their positions as well. Eberflus and Getzey took some time to find their it way. Did. It did because you know? I was very critical yes. of some of the play calling early in the season from Getzey, and and I think that he's he's gotten much better. So um, hopefully they can get through these last three weeks without any more bodies uh, falling off. Uh, but who, who do they got the last three? I know they got Buffalo. They got Buffalo. They got the Lions, and I can't remember who the third yep. one is. Somebody right. that is not an easy game for gotcha. them. So they okay. very well probably will lose out. Okay. And and I I was kind of wondering to myself like, do you play do do you play Fields all three of the last three? I mean, really, truly, I think you've seen... You know what you have. I think you've seen what you've got with him. I'm not sure that playing against the Lions in Week 16 or 17 or whatever it is 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 a big deal, unless you're really adamant about playing spoiler or something. But, you know, again, with, with the injuries... I don't know. Might I'm, might be worth thinking about. I'm I'm in agreement. I'm in total agreement. Um... I stayed up to watch pretty much all the Packer game until they got the first down inside of two minutes at the one and then took a knee. It's kind of hope they want they were going to punch it in there. I mean, it would have been only reflected in the score, but Lafleur is not going to do that to McVay. Um, and I know there was a big deal about the um, about the line and the the total points. 
So the gamblers were all wound oh, up sure. about that. Over-unders, yeah. Um, so um, I guess A.J. Dillon went out in the second half. I think he's been playing a lot better. I know you were critical of him in the early uh, first half of the season. I think he's been playing better the last few weeks. Um, he's been really running with authority. He didn't have a good yards per carry average, but he had a couple of touchdowns. I think they're using him better, and I think they're using Jones better in a more complimentary sense than they were earlier. Um, Rodgers is still making some of these throws, and, and I know you, you put in the, in the thing about the, about the article of, from The Athletic about the hand signals and whatever, and that came up before the game, and there was a moment in the game where the entire Packers media kind of went, oh, we're going back to this now, because they were at whatever in goal that it was, and Rodgers threw a pat- an out to Watson, which was just supposed to be a quick little three-yard and come back to the corner of the end zone, and Watson just was running a route into the end zone, and the ball just sailed behind him. And then I wasn't watching the game that closely, but the entire social media Packer people said, Rodgers was just single, signaling Watson with the hand things, and he didn't pick it up. Mm. And he ran the route, Rodgers threw it behind him, and that's why he was pissed. And then it went back to this whole, you know, we've been holding meetings with hand signals and the receivers don't know him, and Rodgers expects the receivers to know him even though they don't communicate about what's what and what changes and blah, blah, blah. And it's like they, they kind of circled back to this whole thing because there was a perfect on-field representation of what they were talking about, which could have been a touchdown if he would have seen him. I don't know. You could say it was or it might not have been or whatever. Um I thought the defense played better, not great. Um, Rodgers, again, not communicating with Alan Lazard, resulting in, and I was talking about this with somebody at work, the the pick that he completely underthrew to Lazard, he was expecting, or he overthrew. Lazard cut his route off on the far sideline, and Rodgers sailed the ball 10 yards over him and threw it right to the defender. Um, and it was like, well, why did he make that throw? It's like, well, that's... It's on him and it's on the receiver too. It's not all on the quarterback because then those two were talking and and they got a really good breakdown from Aikman about that's not all on the quarterback because, you know, Lazard changed his route and dialed it down and they should have been on the same page and they weren't. So, you know, you got to put that partially on on Lazard for not, you know, communicating very well. But the Rams are bad. They sacked Mayfield five times. I think he threw a pick. Um, I'm glad they got good good pass rush because they they've been struggling with that lately. But God, the offensive line! I saw the opening graphic in the first few minutes. The Rams have had 14 different offensive line combinations. That's horrible. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you tell me all the time because you watch more football than I do about teams that are banged up, and I'm like, okay, but how banged up are you? And I saw that. I'm like, God damn, that's banged up. Oh yeah. Um. So and you don't have your quarterback and you don't have any no, running backs and your no. best wide receivers hurt and yeah they're it's, they're it's a mess a dude. they're a mess. I continue to wonder why in certain situations Joe Barry has his defensive backs playing so far off the line of scrimmage and so far off the receivers. Like they've got third and third I mean the the Rams converted several third downs which were like third and 14. Third and sixteen, third and seventeen, and the receivers are all acting like they're playing a prevent defense. Hmm. They're way downfield, and it's like they only need to like. There's the sticks, right? That's where they. What are you doing way the hell back there? Like they're trying not to give up a touchdown on third down. I'm. I don't want you to give up the first down. 
Like I don't understand exactly what the strategy is, and some of the some of the Packer guys were befuddled about that. It's like they showed the replays. I'm like, why are you so far off the line of scrimmage? Hmm. I, I don't understand the scheme, and I don't know anything about it. Well, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's been questioned by a lot of people all year long, so I don't know why at this point it would change. No, and it and it seems to continually be a thing. But the win in the end doesn't really matter because the Rams are bad. Green Bay's playoff chances increase from eight percent to twelve percent. They're going to need a ton of help in addition to winning out. Mm-hmm. Could they do that? They don't play well in Florida. Right. They got to do that on the holiday now on Sunday. They got to play at home against Minnesota on New Year's. Vikings <laughs> almost gacked one away, but we can get to that later. And then they play the Lions, who are your team this year, and they're they're looking pretty frisky. So it's, I, I mean, the whole scenario doesn't add up for them making the playoffs, and that's fine. You got another win, great. You're already going to be already going to be in the middle of the rounds as far as draft picks. A win here or there doesn't really matter, but if people are still interested, fine. That's 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 my synopsis about what Monday and then going forward is. Yeah, I didn't really watch 30 seconds of this game. I was watching Zion versus Giannis, and sure. it was one of the best Buck games of the year. There you go. Um, I flicked over a couple times just to check the score. That was about it. Um, can we go back for a second, though, to this Rogers story mm-hmm. on The Athletic? Um, he's so weird. He, <laughs> I just don't understand his M.O. of why he does and says the things he says. So this, this article comes out about the hand signals and stuff. There's, there's quotes in there from Cobb, uh, Dobbs, Watkins, Tanyan, Lazard, and then Rogers today on the McAfee show says the entire article is fabricated and bullshit. It's like, but these guys put their names on this, and it it didn't even seem like the article was like ripping Rogers. It was just kind of explaining why they're having some of these issues, and it's like, well, these guys are really young. Aaron's been running these, doing the same stuff for years. And it's just there's just a knowledge gap here, right? Well, and he said Love is actually charged with coming up with the different hand signals from game oh, to game. And Love was another one that yeah. was quoted in there. That's and, his responsibility. But, but, but like, yeah, they weren't taught. It didn't seem like the article the was page. negative towards Rogers, but Rogers was so defensive and so fast to just dismiss it as crap. I think he said it's the biggest nothing burger story of the year was his quote. And it's just like, why can't you just admit that, yeah, we're uh, the young guys and I are sometimes we're not on the same page. That happens with young guys. Why is that so offensive? horrible to admit. I don't get it. I don't either. It just makes him come off like such a, such a prima donna, I guess. Well, that's, and, and, that's nothing new. But, I, but like, just no self-awareness at all? I, I don't know. Weird. And, and that seems to have gotten worse over the last few years. Yeah, right? Like, I as mean, you're coming towards the end of your career now, some more of these things come out, and it gets, the reaction gets worse and worse, yeah. you know? Well, and it was like, you know, if you see Rodgers yelling at Dobbs when a play like in the end zone happens, that's what they're talking about. Was Is that like a state secret that nobody's supposed to know? Or I mean, it's football, man. Like, I, come on. I don't know. I thought, yeah. 
All right, um, let's go back to the Saturday. You and I were uh, doing a game on Saturday afternoon when the Minnesota-Indianapolis game was happening, and we go back to Thursday first as the 49ers beat the Seahawks, which that might as well have been last month. That's what Seriously, it feels like. right? It, what, that, that's, <laughs> that's what it feels like. I know we're recording a day later than we normally do because I had a game last night, but that does feel like it was a long time ago. Saturday, you and I were doing a game, and I had it on my pad, and at half, Minnesota was losing 33 to nothing. And you had sat down and was like, yeah, this is atrocious, whatever. And then as our game moved along, we got to the late stages, and I pointed to the screen. I'm like, they're going to overtime. Yeah, yeah. Well, my bad. I forgot they were playing the Colts. I didn't think you could beat Jeff Saturday on Saturday, but apparently that's the, that is the day to play him. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, everybody wanted to yell it. Saturday and the Colts about blowing this lead, and everybody was saying how amazing it was that the Vikings came back and won the game. That's fine. My takeaway, you were down 33 to nothing at home to the fucking four-win Colts. How many people do you think left before they made their comeback? Oh, I, somebody said that on a podcast I was listening to. They're like, you know, you're a little kid. Your dad takes you to your first Viking game, and they're down 33 to nothing at half, and the dad's like, come on, son, let's get the hell out of here and beat the traffic. <laughs> right? I you, mean, you know what happened. But seriously, though, like, that's my takeaway. You're down 33 to nothing at home to the fucking Colts. That's what, That's what. I think it was Kornheiser, maybe it was Wilbon said. It's not about the Colts no. blowing it. Uh-uh. It's the fact that the Vikings yeah. were were losing in that that situation to that team Mm -hmm. on their home turf. Yeah, yeah. Every other team in the NFC was licking their lips going, I want to be the seventh seed. play the Or or maybe the sixth seed if they can't hold on to the two. Right. Because that ain't locked up either. But, yeah, that was was nuts. Um, I didn't watch any of the Browns and the Ravens because I was... I wish I hadn't. Just not interested. That's a high baseball score there, 13-3. Yeah, Baltimore is atrocious without Lamar, and Cleveland's just not good. That's a good synopsis. Um, seemed like a good heavyweight fight that was snowball-filled, telling the fans to not throw snowballs on the field, and the, the Bills beat the— I give the Dolphins credit for going up there and playing that environment and almost pulling one out. Absolutely. It was a really good game. It was back and forth. Um, you know, I had said that I wanted to see Tua play well in that kind of a situation, and he played pretty well. So, you know— you don't usually take a lot of moral victories at this time of year, but I think for Miami, that at least had to be a confidence builder for him. For sure. Um, and then we get to the rest of the games on Sunday as the Saints beat the Falcons. Thought Atlanta might be able to get a little momentum. That kind of has been crushed in the last few weeks. Yeah, well, Ritter now is their quarterback. I couldn't even tell you who that is. Yeah, not, I, not I, good. I don't even know. Um, the The Jets and the Lions... Man, Detroit pulls one out, and I I thought for sure New York was going to win that game. Well, they found ways to, to screw it up. God. Just clock mismanagement down the stretch. Um, Zach Wilson just, I, I think Orlovsky said it the other day when I was listening to him. He's like, that dude's just broken. <laughs> like, it's almost like a pitcher that can't throw strikes. You know, like something... It it feels like with him it's it's right now it's above the shoulders, mm-hmm. and I I don't think I don't know how long Mike White is going to be out for because I think he had a couple broken ribs, um, but 
I don't see them making the playoffs if Wilson is the quarterback the next three games. I just I don't think they can. Some of these teams, and, and Tampa's another one of them, like, oh. I don't know how these teams are going to score. Tampa put up a, just an absolute stinker as, as well. But, um, you know, good for Detroit, man. Yes. I mean, they're finding ways to win these games, yep. and they've won six out of seven, and uh, they're not a real good team, but... They could be good enough to sneak in. Uh, Pittsburgh beat Carolina. Two bad teams. Yeah, I mean, that pretty much puts the nail in the coffin, I think, for the Panthers. Uh, Although I think mathematically they're still alive. Probably because that true. division's so bad. Everybody is right now at this point still in that division. Um, the Jaguars come from behind. I, Cowboys are going to cowboy. I laughed so hard because I, I was watching this game. Jacksonville was beating them for a long time, and then Dallas jumped in front, and then the next time I looked up, it was overtime, and the Jaguars beat them. Yeah. Dak throws just a terrible pick six, God. and they lose to, to Jacksonville. But, that's, I mean, that, that game right there, along with the Packer game, I mean, that's why you just can't trust Dallas because they have that in them. They just do. Kansas City and the Texans, I texted you the ending of that game because I was they had switched over and I was watching, and Houston seemed to have the the momentum and the advantage, and the quarterback ran up the field, ball was batted in back of him out in front, Kansas City jumps on it, and then next play, touchdown, Kansas City wins, and Houston's like, what the hell just happened? Mm-hmm. It was an it was not the most unbelievable ending to a game in that week, but the the way it ended, it was just like, oh my god, heartbreaking. You got to give Houston credit. I yes. mean, uh, they almost beat Dallas last week, and they almost beat Kansas City this week. I mean, they, you know, they've obviously would like to have the number one pick, and <laughs> but they're still playing hard. But I I don't really. I don't hold anything against Kansas City. They're on the road. They're, it's the middle of December, and they did what they had to do to win. Just win. Yeah. That's it. Uh, Kyler Murray tears his ACL. This is another bad game to watch, Denver and Arizona. Um, I didn't hear anything about it other than Murray with his injury. Well, yeah, Rippon's kid is starting for Denver. Colt McCoy got hurt, so now they're to Trace McSorley, I believe Penn is State. his name. Yep. So he's making his first start next week. But, yeah, just unwatchable. <laughs> and then we get to the Raiders and the Patriots, and I, I don't remember what I was doing. I might have been grocery shopping or something when you texted me that. And I went, hold on, I can't wait to see the highlight when I get home. And I I couldn't believe what I saw. I can't imagine what it was like watching that in real time. Nuts. I mean, it, it, it was it was so weird. It was like, you know, you're watching a game. You got no skin in it. You don't care who wins. Um, you don't even like either team. <laughs> but I screamed out loud when it happened. Like, what? No! I mean, first of all, the Raiders were given a touchdown to tie the game when they clearly showed on replay the guy's foot was out of bounds. Clearly. Don't know how they don't know how that happened. Everybody is ragging on Jacoby Myers for and Mac Jones a little bit too because Myers is the one that makes the terrible 
throw that Chandler Jones intercepts, and then he runs over Mac Jones oh like God. he's a two-year-old. Seriously. But the guy who's gotten off little scot-free to me is Ramondre Stevenson. So it's tied. There's seconds left in the game. New England's just going to hand the ball off and go to overtime. They do not talk about anything in the huddle about trying the lateral. They just say, just run the ball. Go down. He runs the ball, and he has a really good run, and he's on my fantasy team, so I'm like, okay, good, extra yards, great. And for some reason, he gets to, like, the 40, and he just turns around and laterals it. It's kind of like, dude, you're tied. Like You don't have to go win. You're not going to, like, no more more bad things can happen than good. Correct. You can The only good thing that can happen is you score a touchdown. But what are the odds but of that versus something? You can fumble, you right. can throw a pick. You can oh, do, the odds are hugely against you. So he does that, and I think what happened was I think Jacoby Myers just shit his pants. I think it was, like, temporary. What's happening? What's happening? What's it's, happening? You know, it's like you hear about, like, people that have, like, temporary blindness. Or, yeah. I think Stevenson's doing the ball, and I think he thought, what am I supposed to do here? And he just chucked it, and then that whole debacle happened. I've never seen a football game end like that, ever. I mean, I've you know, you can almost think of every other way you've ever seen a football game end. You know, blocked, extra point, ran back, blocked conversion, interception on a conversion, interception taken the length of the field. All the different ways. I've never seen that before. <laughs> Unbelievable. It was a weird week for endings of games and how which teams won and all that stuff. Uh, don't know anything about Chargers and Titans or the Bengals and the Buccaneers other than Tampa Bay, I read, looked absolutely terrible. Well, the Chargers-Titans game was a, was a decent game, close the whole time. The Chargers end up winning 17-14 on a last-second field goal by Dicker the kicker. But they're another team. That you watch them and you, I'm glad I'm actually not like a real fan of them. Like I like Herbert and I, you know, I kind of, you know, I kind of pull for the Chargers because they never win anything. But like if they had, like being a real Charger fan, you'd, you'd go insane. <laughs> so they're driving down at the end of the game and Herbert makes just an amazing throw down the sideline to Mike Williams and I can't remember if he got out of bounds or if they had to call a timeout. But there's a, the clock is stopped. They go to the line of scrimmage, and they get a fucking delay of game. With, like, 20, out, 20 seconds left in the game. Out of a timeout. It was either out of a timeout or the ball went out of bounds, but either way. Shouldn't. Shouldn't have a delay of game. No. They get a fucking delay of game on, like, their own 30 when all they have to do is kick a field goal to win. And it's like, oh, my God. <laughs> how does this happen? How does this keep happening to you guys? Right. Well. Somehow they pulled the game out. I think they're going to end up making the playoffs based on their schedule, but man, they are poorly coached. That's what it comes Ooh. down to: preparation, situation, the the preparedness for when the shit happens. What did we just talk about for a half hour before we came on about some of the high school teams yep. that we watched? This True. is exactly the same kind of thing. And these people are professionals. Professionals, yeah, and they can't do this. Unbelievable. The Bengal game uh, was weird. Tampa, I think, was up like seventeen to three or seventeen to nothing, and then Cincinnati just destroyed them in the second half. Um, Tampa Bay is bad. Tom Brady, 
Looks like he can't wait for the season to be over. <laughs> Everybody on that team looks really slow. And the Bengals are really good. Dude, that Bengal offense is legit. They got two good backs, Mixon and Pirine. You got Chase, who's a stud. Higgins, who's very good. Boyd, who's a good three. You got competent tight end play. And Joe Burrow is one of the four or five best quarterbacks in football. Um, I would not want to see that team in the... And they got a pretty good D. It's not a great D, but it's a good enough D. I wouldn't want to see them in the playoffs. I think whoever they get in round two, Buffalo or Kansas City, that'd be a bitch to have to play in a divisional game. Sunday night, Giants and the Commanders. Didn't didn't watch. Another team that got jobbed, Washington. So it's 20-12. to Washington's got the ball in the last seconds of the game, they got the ball on like the two or the three. It's third down. I think it was second or third down. McLaren's wide right. And you know how the you, you have to cover oh, yes. you have to cover up yep. the, the, the tackle on Correct. the end. Yep. So a lot of times you will see the receiver will point to the referee and the referee will say, hey, move up a foot mm-hmm. or whatever. So you can clearly see on the tape, McLaren points to the referee. The referee tells him to move up. McLaren moves up, points at the referee again, and then goes to look into the line for the snap. As he's doing that, the re- you can see the referee putting his hand in his pocket. He can't wait to throw the flag. As soon as the play snaps, throws the flag, Redskins score a touchdown, would have given him a chance to tie the game if they for the two-point. They call a, 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 legal, or a, a legal formation. And McLaren says after the game, I, I asked him. And he directed me. And he me, directed me. And I did what he told me And he still threw to. a flag on me. Like... What are we doing here? Good question. That that is one where there is a little conspiracy theory about how much the NFL hates Daniel Snyder. Uh, but I, I would hope that they're bigger than that because the guys on the field have nothing to do with that shit. Correct. No. But uh, yeah, I felt a little bad for Washington and Taylor Heineke because I don't know what it is about that guy. He's not that good, but he he does have a little magic to him, and those guys really seem to love him on that team. You know, good. It's it's one of those things that if you're not in the locker room, you we probably really don't get it. But mm-hmm. I don't know. He's gonna make the playoffs again, most likely, unless they melt down. And I mean, that counts for something. It's gotta, right? Yes. I mean, not everybody can win the Super Bowl. Not no. everybody's gonna go fourteen and two or fourteen and three now. Um, I mean, even as much shit as I give Packers fans and Rodgers, it's like he. he he does make the playoffs every year and win a lot of fucking playoff games. He never wins the ones you want him to win, but he wins some of them. So it does count. Right. It's not what you are hoping for, but it's, In the end, you know. it's still pretty damn good, and it's I mean, a lot if you're, better than a lot of other teams. If you're a Redskins fan, you know, you probably are excited to be able to make the playoffs because right. you never make it. Right. So And again, lightning in a bottle, you never know what can happen. Yep. Ever. Nope. Guys get hurt. Never know. Never know. All right, playoff standings, and uh, we got the last three opponents listed so we can check their chances of heading into the postseason. Yeah, I did a little work today. Well, I, like- I didn't do much work at work, at but work. I did a little bit of this work at work. So, Killing uh, some killing some time. Killing a little time. Getting ready for the big snowmageddon. <laughs> AFC, right now they've got two teams that have clinched playoff spots, Bills and Chiefs, both 11-3. and three. Bills are the one seed, Chiefs the two. Tennessee has, or excuse me, Cincinnati has taken over the lead in the North 
at 10 and 4. Tennessee 7 and 7 is the leader in the south. Those are your top 4 seeds. Baltimore at 9 and 5, Chargers 8 and 6, Miami 8 and 6 would be your 5 through 7. Uh Patriots and Jets on the outside at 7 and 7. Jacksonville still hanging around at 6 and 8. They're only a game behind Tennessee. They've already beat Tennessee and they play Tennessee the last week of the season. So that could be fun. That right, could be kind of fun. Right now, looking at the those bottom three teams of who can maybe sneak into the top seven, none of those schedules are favorable. New England's is brutal. They have the hardest. They got the Bengals and the Dolphins at home, and then they got to go to Buffalo. At least they have them at home. But like you got, if you're the Jets, you you play Jacksonville, who feels frisky right now. Yeah, and then you got to go to Seattle, and then you got to go to Miami. And the Jaguars, to me, are in the probably the best situation out of those three. They could leapfrog them, but again, all they, they, all they need the, help yeah, from Miami. All all Jacksonville has to do, do is basically split the next two games because that basically keeps them one game. I mean, unless Tennessee wins. I don't see Tennessee beating Houston and Dallas. But Jacksonville just needs to make that last game count because they get it at home. And, you know, like you said, lightning in a bottle, one game, Trevor Lawrence could have the game of his life. You never know. Derrick Henry could roll his ankle in the first quarter. Right. How are they going to score? So um, so there's your AFC. NFC, Philly and Minnesota, San Francisco and Dallas all have already clinched. So you got Philly 13-1 and one in the one spot, Minnesota 11-3, and three, Niners 10-4, and four, Tampa 6-8. and eight. Those are your division leaders. Dallas at ten and four, pretty much locked into that five spot. Um, Giants eight five and one are number six. Washington seven six and one, number seven. Then you got Seattle and Detroit both at seven and seven, and the Packers at six and eight. Um, you look at the Minnesota San Francisco. I think the Niners are going to end up with the two seed. Um, they got Washington at Vegas and home for. Uh, Arizona team that's not going to care. Where Minnesota's got to play the Giants, who definitely care. The Packers, who, depending on how their Sunday goes, might really still care. And then they get the Bears at the end. So, I don't know. I don't, I'm not confident Minnesota hangs on to the two spot. No, it's the way that the Packers are playing right now. And I know we have said over the last few weeks it's the Vikings and. Uh, you know, you can't trust whatever. I just, I'm not confident that Green Bay's defense is going to be able to stop their offense. That's very fair. And and granted, Minnesota's defense is not great, but it seems like the Packers' offense is so helter-skelter and all over the board that they might not be able to score as many points as needed if their defense can't hold their own against Minnesota. If the, That's my concern. If the Packers win Sunday... Every Packer fan should pray that the following Sunday is like four degrees. Right. Oh, for sure. Because the shittier the day it is, the worse Kirk Cousins you're going to get. And that's all you need really to beat. You just need Kirk Cousins to throw it to you twice or you strip sack him and you can beat that team very easily. But if it's 30 and ball me out and Justin Jefferson can plant and cut and the line can block, yeah, I get it. You're in trouble. 
So I'm that that's the only thing that I would be worried about for Minnesota. I mean, my my bet right now would be on San Fran to elevate into that spot. Um maybe Dallas, but again, not tru- there's all of these teams are not trustworthy. None of them are. Mm-mm. Um well Dallas can't get up there because Philly's up there, but um he, the Giants have a tough run here. They got to go to the Vikings this week and then to Philly the last week. And that's one of those ones where normally you would think Philly would sit their guys because it's the last game and they're, they've already got number one wrapped up. Mm-hmm. But with that week off, I don't know. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. Maybe their guys play a half. Who knows? Washington schedule, they got the Niners, and then they got to play Dallas the last week of the season. Dallas might be a team that does rest their guys because they're locked into their spot. Right. And they're not going to have a bye week. So that might be that something might be to look beneficial. at. Yeah, but that rivalry with Washington, I. Yeah. But boy, the, but, but the playoffs are going to mean more. I tell you what, the team that's sitting pretty right now, in my opinion, Lions. Well, I was just going to say, let me scan that, and it looks like it looks like Detroit at Carolina. Home for the Bears, and then at Green Bay, and you may get a Green Bay team that's starting Jordan Love if they get beat this week. I mean, that's a that's a nice path to go in ten and seven. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that yeah. be crazy if they won nine of their last ten games to make the playoffs? I'd be happy for. I them, mean, honestly, I really would. You you certainly can't be firing Dan Campbell. No, like you were thinking about it early in the season. Yeah, probably not now yeah. at all. Even even right now, outside of a cataclysmic collapse. Um, well, I mean, what would that even be? You go seven and ten. Is that really? It's, it's still an improvement. It's still an improvement, right? Yes. Um. Yeah, the Packers. I don't like their chances against Miami and then Minnesota and Detroit. But Green Bay. That's these are not games that you are. To me, you should feel confident about winning. To me, if you're a Packers, mm-hmm. you, you just don't. So. Week 16 starts with a, a real shit burger on Thursday. Man, this schedule is there, – there's four different days this weekend that oh are, there's God, a game. God, I didn't realize there were that many games on Saturday just to avoid Christmas. Mm-hmm. Holy crap. Okay, so starts on Thursday. Jaguars and the Jets. We just talked about kind of their scenarios. Big game. Oh, for both. I, I, Huge. I mean, really, to me, the loser's out. Yes, I think. Probably. I mean, I know mathematically the Jets not, would probably right. be in, but I just think if they lose this game at home, I think they're done. Buffalo and the Bears. Yeah, next. <laughs> I mean, they were talking about potentially moving the game back because the wind chill down there and the high temperature and the, and the snow and everything that's coming in, this is going to be, I mean, like I know they, they switched the game from Buffalo to Detroit when they got, you know, all that snow, but it's like that was just snow. It wasn't like minus forty degree have ever, wind. Chill. Have they ever moved a game for for temperature? I don't think so. Yeah, I, I just have a hard time thinking think that so. they would do that. No. Yeah. Um and and again, Buffalo is no stranger to right. bad playing conditions. For so sure. this would seem to be a game that'll still get played no matter what. Um also on Saturday, the Saints and the Browns. I mean Cleveland's not completely dead, and you win this game, you're seven and eight. You're still kind of hanging around, right? Somehow, because they stink. <laughs> uh, this is the old Oilers uh, team against the new yeah. Titans team. This yeah. is the franchise that that left to go to Tennessee and then got remade in Houston for the Texans and the Titans. Well, Tennessee's lost four in a row, and they're 
you know, they're pretty desperate for a win, and they're at home against the worst team in the league. Is did T- Tannehill went down, didn't he? Is he is he is he out for this game? I haven't heard if he's out. Okay. No. Um, Seahawks and the Chiefs in KC. Seattle's got a tough road too. They do. They do. They got some tough games and. Yeah, I don't, I don't see any way they win this one. I wouldn't think so. Minnesota at home against the Giants. Yeah, this will be a good one. Yep. This will be a Hopefully. good one. Um, and then the Patriots at home against the Bengals. Man, this is a chance really to put the nail in the coffin on, on New England. Yeah, I just don't think they can score enough. Probably. I, I just, you know, I, I, I don't think they're, you can. I don't think their defense is good enough to win like a 17-14 game, and I'm just not sure they can score more than 17. And I'll be really interested to see what that loss did to their psyche. Yeah. Uh, you know, if there's any hangover, it's like, you know, what are we what, what are we doing? Uh, we're, on, we're, we're on to Cincinnati. <laughs> Carolina hosting Detroit. We just talked about that. Mm-hmm. Winnable game for the Lions. Yep. Um, Atlanta and Baltimore. It sounds like Lamar's going to be out again. Okay. So, you know, you're talking this Ritter kid against Huntley. And, I mean, if there could, this could be one of the only games all year where neither team has 100 passing yards. I I, I don't know. Because it's going to be outside in Baltimore. It's going to be cold as shit. Atlanta can't throw. I don't know that Baltimore can throw. So, 49ers at home against Washington. Big game. You know, I mean,. How many in a row is Brock Purdy going to win? Yeah, but the Niners just look so they they look good. Yeah, I they mean, do. I mean, they really do. They do. Um, boy, this looks like on paper probably the best game of the week. Philly and Dallas East Showdown. I mean, Dallas is not going to catch the Eagles, I don't think. Um, but I think if you're Philly, you really want to go in and get this one. I haven't, I didn't read an update on Jalen Hurts today. I know he hurt he's, his shoulder against the Bears. Yeah, I don't think he practiced today. Okay. He's still questionable. All right. Um, yeah, this game obviously means much more to the Cowboys right. than than the Eagles, uh, but if Hurts don't play, I, I I think Dallas wins this one easily. Saturday night game is the Raiders and the Steelers. Yeah, the uh, uh, immaculate reception oh, game, yeah. fifty year anniversary for that. Man, days away, which I know we'll we'll get to in just a second, but that's that's heartbreaking. Uh, Packers and the Dolphins on Christmas Day at noon down in Miami. Jacksonville, Miami. Who else is down there? Tampa. Tampa Bay. Green Bay just doesn't play well in Florida. Period. End of story. And, I, I, yeah, that's that's all I'm going to say. I, I think this is where their run ends. Well, and I'll tell you, Miami's a little desperate. You know, they are the seventh seed right now in the AFC, and they need a win. So they're going to be going balls to the wall. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I look at it like if the Packers win, I could see them winning out. But I just have a hard time seeing them winning this game. I agree. Uh, Rams at home against the Broncos, two, four, and ten teams. Boy. Yeah, I just want to thank the NFL for these games they put on, on Christmas, Christmas Day. So, I, the NBA. yeah, I, I have no interest in watching really any. I'll watch a little of the Packer game, but because I think that'll be on before the Bucks. But yeah, these are not good Sunday games. <laughs> Tampa Bay and Arizona. There's another one. Yeah, on Sunday night. I mean, apologies. I, for I can't imagine Tariko and Collins. Tom Brady losing a game to I Trace McSorley. Think so, but oh man, I don't uh, think so. Uh, and then Monday night, it's the Chargers and the Colts. L.A. can keep keep climbing. Yep. 
it can keep climbing. Yep. So we mentioned Franco Harris. He just passed away. Um, that news broke uh, this morning as we're, we're recording this on Wednesday night. Um, and a lot of news about, obviously, the Immaculate Reception, a lot of rundowns on that stuff. And I, I think the question that you have posed is well-warranted. Why do you take so long to retire his I number? couldn't believe when I heard that this morning, that they were going to retire his number uh, Sunday or yep. Saturday night because it's the 50-year anniversary of the Immaculate Reception. Why'd you have to wait to the 50-year anniversary? Why the fuck? You've waited, well, you've waited probably 40 years after Franco Harris retired to retire his number. He's one of the greatest and most famous running backs in football history and was a big part of one of the three or four most famous dynasties in football history. And we've talked about this. We've talked about this locally with the Janesville Hall of Fame and some of the stupid things and that they've decided on and when and to put people in and when not to right. put people in. What the criteria we've, we've talked is, to John yeah. Barry about this and you know, I, I understand when you're talking about like going into like the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame, you want a guy to be out for five years because we've seen guys come back. I get it. But why didn't you retire Franco Harris's number at the 25 year, at the 30 year, at the 35 year anniversary? Just what are we waiting for with some of this stuff? Like, because this is what happens people die. Yep. People die. You know, and it sucks that they don't get to, you know, as they like to say now, get their flowers when they're alive. I, I just, I don't know. I don't understand that. And Pittsburgh is one of the more first-class organizations in the league. They seem to do things above board and right most of the time. Mm-hmm. Nobody's perfect, but they seem to try to do the right thing. Um, and I had never heard that there was any, like, bad blood no, or, or animosity between him and the organization, so I just find that to be very strange. All right, that is good. Almost 50 minutes of NFL talk. We'll breeze through some college football. Dan will run down some NBA. We'll do some college hoops. And then we should have mentioned at the outset. um, We do have a top five. We have a top five list, and it is Christmas-oriented, so we will drop that coming up on our final uh, little segment, I guess, if you will. Uh, not much to report in college football. The bowl games are going on. I think there's been 11 games or 12 games so far. Uh, today was the early signing period, and it sounds like the Badgers got a pretty good haul. A couple of guys that had decommitted after the Christ firing and opened up the recruitment again actually recommitted, including a four-star wide receiver from Hawaii that Herbig knew, but uh, he... By all accounts, that one broke later this afternoon, and it caught the entire Badger media people completely by surprise. As soon as he posted it, committed to Wisconsin, whatever, everybody's like, wait, what? You just said you were going to Arizona. I wonder what Arizona thought when they saw that. Right? (laughs) It's like, wow. But Fickle got a lot of these guys that that had pledged to him at Cincinnati to come now to Madison including a bunch of really good, highly-rated defensive backs. Again, these are all prospects. They're four-star stuff. you still got to develop them. they got to be that way on the field now. But um, it sounds like the recruiting class went really, really well. The Badgers last week are getting this quarterback from Oklahoma, who was the fourth-string guy, but in the last year's recruiting class was the one of the top dual-threat guys, which is what Fickle wants. 
in a quarterback. They got a dual threat guy that signed today from Colorado, who's a three star prospect. So the quarterback room is not going to be bare. It's going to be young and it's going to be inexperienced. Is the kid from Franklin, is he a dual threat guy? Yes. Okay. Yes, very, very much so. Miles Burkett. We still don't know who's going to start the bowl game next Tuesday. No idea about that. Fickle talked today. I'm not sure whether it was all recruiting or they asked him about about the bowl stuff. I have no idea who it's going to be. Uh, we're going to talk to Wargle tomorrow, um, j- just before I go on vacation on Friday, just so we don't miss him. Because I I'm just curious about some of this stuff because you know Leonard's on his way out. Fickle's like I probably want to see what this Burkett kid has. I would, you know, yeah. See, because I got I got this transfer guy. I got a recruit. I got to know going into spring practice who where I'm going to go. Mm-hmm. You know that kind of stuff. So. Um, signed an offensive lineman, signed a tight end, pretty good, not not bad. And then Mertz, who was run out of town, third or town third straight quarterback to do that, is going to Florida. Yeah, well, I had heard they recruited him pretty heavily out of high school. Okay, so, but I, I mean, I don't know if it's the same coach or not. But I don't even know. Yeah, it's because um, the Florida quarterback declared, and he was one of like twelve players that didn't play in their bowl game. Well, and I read that Mertz is going down there as the backup. I thought he was going to compete for okay, the starting job, sure. but, but he wouldn't be sure. anointed as the starter. Right. Yes. Um, yeah, it's weird. I mean, Wouldn't you, you go- know, Hornibrook leaves, goes to Florida State. Uh, Mertz Cone goes to Notre Cone Dame. goes to Notre Dame. Mertz is going to Florida. It's like, well, what are we missing here? These guys are leaving Wisconsin and going to higher profile Programs. schools. Yeah. And... I don't remember how Hornibrook did. Cone did pretty well. Cone did pretty well. Hornibrook was okay. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I'm, you know, look. I had a I had a buddy text me when the Mertz news came out, and he was like laughing about how Mertz is going to get killed. And you imagine he's got to play Alabama and Georgia and Auburn and blah 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 blah. And I'm like, well, yeah, but he's going to be thrown to pros, right? And he's going to be getting blocked by pros, right? And his defense is going to have a bunch of pros. So I think he'll probably actually do okay. I'm not saying he's going to win the fucking Heisman, (laughs) but I don't think he's going to go down there and embarrass himself Mm -hmm. because I think he's got playmakers. Florida always has playmakers because they're Florida. Again, they had like 10 or 12 guys not playing their bowl game because they're going to the draft. Yeah. Like that's and that's continually how it happens, whether they stink or not. Exactly. There's talent. Right. There's always talent. So. Um, I'm, I, I will be really interested now because you've got a three-star dual threat guy. You've got a former four-star dual threat guy, Burkett. I don't know what he was out of Franklin when he came, but it's like, you have these quarterbacks that fit your system. I want to see how you can develop them because clearly yeah. Paul Christ couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Just couldn't for, for whatever reason. And no the guys Badger to go coach off. has ever been able to do it. It wasn't like Barry did it. No, but I mean, you, you had some guys that that like um, Sorgi was probably the most adept thrower of all of them, and he had a decent backup NFL career because he was actually competent enough to read but he the pro- field. But he probably doesn't have a backup career if he ain't got Lee Evans. It's probably true, you know, because he was just throwing bombs to Lee Evans. Badgers had a good good receiving core then, but it, I mean, just from just from the pure passing mentality. He seemed to be the most adept. Everybody else was kind of just the. But Bollinger know, was as good as a freshman as he was as a senior, right? You know, and he was it, as good with his legs as he was with yeah, his arm. You know, um, Stavi was fine, Stocko but he, was but, it, but, fine. but he didn't see these guys progress, 
not to throughout the point their where career. it's like, oh, he's a lot better this yeah. year. You 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 never no. said that. Mm-mm. It was always you knew what you got, and that's what it was, and that was it. Well, the Badger quarterback was. <laughs> I, I had said it about the Badger basketball team, but it kind of fit with the Badger quarterback. Like it didn't matter the number or the name on the back of the jersey. It was the same guy. He was going to turn around and hand the ball off 35 to 40 times, and he was going to throw to his tight end seven times, and he was going to throw to his wide receiver four times, and that was it. And he might scramble a little. Uh, yeah, that's, that seems accurate. You know? That seems accurate. So, seems like Fickle did a good job of salvaging what he could from the recruiting class. Now it's on to get these guys ready. I'll be really interested to see what spring ball looks like. Uh, bowl game is on Tuesday night again. 9-15. Who are they playing? Oklahoma State and, oh, I'm, and, and Gundy. I'm a man. I'm 40. That's right. So did you hear this other story in college football uh, that's going on about this quarterback at North Carolina? Is this the dude who's going on to his fifth team? No. Okay. So apparently Mac Brown, who coaches North Carolina, came out and has, is complaining that there are a couple of high-profile schools who he said he wasn't going to name, but all you have to do is look at who's getting all the recruits, and you'll know who I'm talking about. He said that I think he has a freshman quarterback that's really good, mm-hmm. that that dude is getting offered by schools. They're offering him money to enter the transfer Oh, yeah, $5 million. Yeah, yeah, yeah I did see that. Yep. yep. Well, you had said Wild West, it's coming, yep. and that's where we are. Whether there's some validity to that, because I know P.J. Flack had said that Wisconsin was recruiting, tried to flip a guy by recruiting negatively, by talking shit about Minnesota so the guy would come to Madison. So you mean by recruiting the way that they've always recruited everywhere on the planet since recruiting began, because that's how everybody recruits. Apparently this is an unwritten rule that Wisconsin You don't want to go to Minnesota. Violated. All the girls up there are ugly. You don't want to go to Illinois. Everybody down there is stupid and fat, and it's flat. Like, that's how they. Rec- that's how everybody recruits. But apparently once somebody commits, you're supposed to leave them alone. That's well, where the line was apparently crossed. I don't know. I didn't read the story. It was a headline thing, but Michael and I were kind of talking about it. But it's like, come on. Like, really? This is what we're doing? You're going to call out the new coaching staff? Like, that's not how we do things here. Oh. Okay, well, apparently Mr. Fickle has a lot to learn about Big Ten. Well, yeah, there's Minnesota. They win the axe once or twice, and they get a little big for their britches. I thought you were going to talk about the story about the West Virginia quarterback who's transferring and going on to his fifth program in five years. No, no, I did hear about that one. What the hell are we doing? Now, this this story about offering these kids to go into the transfer portal, that's where you just lose me. Mm-hmm. With with interest in college sports because now it basically just becomes minor league football at that point and bidding and at the and and I don't want to watch a lower I don't watch minor league baseball I don't watch the G League in the NBA I ain't watching minor league fucking football because that's not what it's supposed to be no you're gonna start paying guys you're gonna bri- basically you're bribing yes them you are that's five, all it is the five million dollars to enter the portal doesn't even necessarily mean he's coming to your school he's just entering the portal. That's bad. That's a that's a it's a bad that's look. a bad precedent. Yes, it is. Oof. Very much so. All right. Enough college football. There's not much else going on. NBA Bucks are playing tonight. Um Well, before we get to that, okay, go ahead. We gotta wish basketball a happy birthday. Basketball. Yeah. 131 okay. years ago today, Dr. James Naismith invented oh. basketball in Springfield, Mass. Got the peach baskets up. Yep. YMCA. Right. Uh I, I was reading a story about it today. Um the director of the YMCA wanted him to come up with a indoor game 
because the you know the brutal Massachusetts winters and you had, you, you, had all, was going you had all these high school age boys with all this pent up testosterone and you couldn't go out and play football or baseball. Um, so he created the game and like the way they played it initially is hilarious. Like they're what they didn't dribble. Right. It was all passing you just went to a spot. You just passed. Yes. And like it's a, it, he said like four black eyes, a separated shoulder and one guy was knocked out in the first game. Cause it was like, ta- basically they were like playing rugby on in a gym. Only you couldn't move. Yeah. Nobody knew what the hell was going on <laughs> after every bass. The first game, I think the final score was five to one. And after every basket, there was a jump ball. Just weird stuff like that. But, um, yeah, 131 years old the game is. So, kind of cool. Excellent. Yeah. All right. Now talk about your Bucks. 22-8, and eight, first in the East. Um, been on a pretty good run lately, overtaking Boston, who's slipped a little bit. Um, they won against Golden State at home, 128-111. Uh, that, was, that was a nice win. For, they, they've really been... They've had Golden State's number the last few years. Even when they've had all their guys, the Bucks have, have done a really good job against them because they really don't have an answer for Giannis. Um, then uh, what would have been Saturday night, I believe, they played Utah, won that one, 123-97. Mm-hmm. And then on Monday, uh, what was a just an awesome NBA game. Um, they played the Pelicans down there. They won 128-119. Giannis had 40-10. and 10. Lopez had 30. Um, Valanchunas for the center for the Pelicans hit, I think, eight threes and had like 37 points and 22 rebounds or something like that. Um, Zion was uh, the Bucks did a really really good job on him in the first half. He got some he got some things going in the second half, uh, but they they really had a good strategy for playing against him. Um, <laughs> Drew Holiday is just something else, man. Like watching that guy play defense is a is a pleasure. They put him on Zion, and he's given up six inches and sixty pounds, and Zion could not do shit with him. It was really pretty cool to watch. Um, unfortunately, earlier in the week they went down to Memphis and got absolutely destroyed. Stop. Got beat by forty. 142-101, they were at one point, they were down 50. Um, but it it made me think of an old Hubie Brown line. <laughs> and I told you he's one of my favorites yes. of all time. Yep. He said, in an 82-game season, there's five games a year, you're just not going to lose. You, everything goes your way, every bounce, every call, guys that aren't, supposed to make a bunch of shots, make a bunch of shots. You're just going to win five of them. Conversely, there's five you're just not going to win. And then the the other 72 are the ones that kind of matter. Well, you can put this in the five. They weren't going to win. That game was bad from the beginning. Middleton missed like his first four shots and was getting into it with Dylan Brooks and ended up basically putting him in a Kurt Angle ankle lock and getting a flagrant <laughs> foul early in the game. Bucks had no flow. Memphis was making everything, and it just snowballed very quickly. I think the Bucks gave up like they were down like 20-something at half, and you're kind of like, okay, well, third quarter, it's the NBA. Like they're either going to come out and make a, make a game of this, get it down to, you know, 13, 14, maybe by the end of the third, 
or it's going to turn into a rout. Well, they gave up like 48 points in the third quarter and it was just it was just ugly. I, I turned it off. It's rare that I ever turn a buck game off, but I had to turn that one off. <laughs> but, you know, shit happens. Yep. And um, File it away. you know, they they turned around and and they've won two in a row since then. So, mm-hmm. um but they're in the midst now of their longest road trip of the season to this point. It's a five-gamer. They won the first game in New Orleans at Cleveland tonight, at the Nets Friday, and at Boston Christmas Day. So these next three games are against the two, the three, and the four seed in the East. Um, big stretch for them. And then down the road after Boston, they end the road trip with the Bulls. So, um, you know, they're playing well. Middleton's health is starting to become a little concerning. Um, I think he's played eight games now, and he has not played well. He's, he's, I don't know. The the knee issue thing, in, he's missed a couple games with quote-unquote knee soreness, and that's just kind of what they call it now when guys don't play, so I don't really read too much into that. Okay. But he's looked slow. He's got no lift, and he's not shooting well. Well, if he's not making shots and he can't move defensively, he, he kind of doesn't need – he doesn't really do anything for you. Um, so I'm hoping that this is just, you know, the fact that he hasn't played in a while and he's trying to get get his wind and his rhythm back. And I, I think he's not playing tonight um, – I really hope that he plays the next two games because I would like to see the Bucks close to full strength against the Nets and the Celtics. Because I think that, um, especially on Christmas Day, I think Boston is going to come out with their hair on fire. I think they want to make a statement. I think Jason Tatum wants to make a statement. Um, it's national TV. It's the like the prime game of the day. Two best teams in the league. Um, and, and, you know, the Nets, the Bucks have kind of owned the Nets here the last couple of years, and I think Durant's getting a little sick of that too. So Bucks are going to need all hands on deck. Thankfully, they did get Joe Ingles back Monday. He looked really bad. <laughs> he, he, yeah, he, he, he was really bad. Like, kind of, kind of like almost like funny bad. Four threes, none of them nope. makes. Had some and... really bad passes. And, you know, but look, he has never played with any of these guys before. He's jumping into it in the middle of the year against a really good team in the Pelicans on the road. So And coming off an ACL. Yeah, so it's going to be a tough road for him the next couple of weeks, but it's nice to get him back early because all along we had been here in like mid to late January. Mm-hmm. So to have him get a couple extra weeks under his belt I think will be very beneficial. And then the last thing is just, you know, my love affair with Brooke Lopez continues. I mean, Monday night, 30 points. I think he had six or seven threes. Mm-hmm. Um, his defense has been incredible. He's leading the NBA with almost three blocks a game. Those guys, Zion included, were getting down in the lane, and I think he was only credited with two blocks, but he probably affected ten shots. Um, I I just don't think his value can be overstated, and it it really you can understand why they took such a step back last year during the regular season defensively without him. Um, he's, he's, um, got a really legitimate case to be an all-star this year. He's averaging more points 
and shooting at a higher percentage than he has since he was on the Nets, which seems like a whole life ago. <laughs> um, and defensively, he's been the he's probably been the best defensive player in the league. So if the Bucks end up with the top seed in the East, I gotta have a feeling. You know, Middleton's not gonna make it. He hasn't played enough. I don't think Drew is. Drew's been good, but I don't think he's been better than the other guards in the league. I think Lopez got a great chance to make it, which would be pretty cool. That at, would be cool at this stage in his career sure. uh, to to get an All Star bid. That's awesome. Yeah. All right. What else is uh, happening around the league? Well, like I said, Boston they've slipped a little, um, twenty two and nine, so only a half game behind the Bucks, but they've lost four of five including back-to-back losses to the lowly Orlando Magic. So they, they got some things they got to figure out. Um, but also in the East, Cleveland, Brooklyn, Philadelphia, and the Knicks have all won at least four games in a row. So all of a sudden the East is starting to get a little bunched up at the top. Um, you know, I don't know that Boston or the Bucks have to worry about any of these teams with maybe Cleveland catching them long-term, but... It's showing you the, the the depth in the Eastern Conference. Out West, Denver and Memphis are the tied for the one seed at nineteen and eleven. Dude, the other night Jokic had a triple double. He had like forty some points, like twenty five rebounds and ten or eleven assists. It was the first forty twenty triple double since Wilt. Wow. And anytime anybody does anything the where, where and, that and, name and is mentioned. And, and Wilt Chamberlain it's statistically right. because he was just so ridiculous. That's unbelievable. Um, and then last night he had another triple-double. I mean, the guy is, he's a back-to-back MVP. There's only been three people ever that have won three MVPs in a row. Uh, Russell, Chamberlain, and Bird. I don't feel like Jokic belongs in that conversation, so it's kind of hard to envision him winning a third one. But if nobody else is having, doing, he's having a better year than he did the last two years, and then that's hard to argue with. But can you keep it up for the second half yeah. of the year? Yeah. Um, Curry hurt again. Not good for Golden State. They got beat by like thirty-eight last night by the Knicks. Um, it sounds like I, I, I think it. I thought it was. I think it's a hand injury. If I'm not mistaken. He's going to be out for a while. And Golden State's kind of right on the borderline as it is of making the playoffs. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. It, probably the first year after Jordan left. Well, maybe no, maybe the first year after the Lakers traded Shaq. Well, no, they didn't win the title this year. Might be the first year since the Bulls let Jordan retire that a defending champ doesn't make the playoffs in the NBA. It's pretty rare. Okay. It's not like the NFL sure. where you can have some wonky schedules. Right. Like, And, you know, usually the stars are going to stay. It's been a long time since that's happened. Um, Interesting. What else? Oh, your Bulls. Yeah, my Bulls. A lot of shit going on there. What is happening down there? Losing. Yeah. Losing. Well, and, ju- and guys not getting enough shine. They, they, they just beat Miami last night. Um. Yeah, I I don't know. Well, seems like Vucevic can't not have a triple double. He had his fourteenth of the sea or his double double, fourteenth of the season last night. The guy's a rebounding machine, and he usually gets you know anywhere from eighteen to twenty four, somewhere somewhere around there. Mm-hmm. So, well, I think their problem is it sounds like between Levine and DeRozan, and 
Apparently, there was quite the scene at halftime of one of the games the other day where it sounded like everybody kind of went in on Levine. Um, you know, the Bulls signed Levine. They paid him a lot of money. And when you do that with these guys, you're kind of you're kind of telling them they're getting the keys to the castle here. But on the floor, it's still DeMar DeRozan's team, and I think DeRozan is probably still the best player. And, you know, it, that seems to be causing a little friction. And then you then you add into the fact that they're not winning. Um, I don't know if Lonzo Ball, I, I, I don't know what the hell's going on with that guy. Like, are we ever going to see him in the NBA again? I don't know. It, it, it just it sounds really bad. Um, and then the last thing, the son sold for $4 billion to some guy whose dad, whose dad gave him a business to run who used to be a walk-on on the Mateen Cleaves Michigan State title team. Oh. So in 2000, I yeah. believe. Um, and I heard the TNT guys talking about this last night, Chuck, uh, Shaq, Kenny, and Ernie. And, and, and when you think about it this way, it makes a lot of sense. So... Robert Sarver, is, the reason why he's selling the Suns is because of this whole investigation about mm-hmm. the misogyny and the racism yep. that was going on in the organization. Well, Robert Sarver bought the Suns in the mid-2000s or early 2000s for $400 million, and he's selling it for $4 billion. And like those guys were saying, that's not much of a punishment. Right, you're actually being rewarded. I mean, well, give you, up my team. You're for making a giant three. Profit, you're making three, three and billion. a half billion dollars. Yeah, and okay, yeah, you lost your team, but you got three and a half billion dollars of profit. Like it's just you think about it that way. It's it's kind of gross, you know. I mean, even Donald Sterling, all, all the nasty shit he did. The Clippers sold for a, a lot of money, like two billion. Got paid. Got paid. So, yeah. It's interesting that, that, when that, you frame it that, that puts way. you in the holiday spirit. <laughs> All right. Uh, college hoops. We'll run through this quick and get to our top ten. We're getting late. Um, Badgers are uh, 2-0 and in the Big Ten. They beat Lehigh, the Mountain Hawks. They were losing at halftime. Yeah, struggled. And I know a lot of people that went to that game, and everybody at halftime was kind of looking around at each other like, what is going on? And then they came out at halftime and like, we're losing to Lehigh. Let's get our shit together. And they beat them by 22. So Yeah, Lehigh, alma mater of C.J. McCollum. Um, oh, good one. I, I watched a little bit of that game because uh, I think the Bucks were on at the same time or something Something else I was watching. But, um, that sounds right. They had a couple of guards that were that were pretty decent and were able to get in and into the paint, and they were knocking down a lot of mid-range um, that, that kept them close. But... Yeah, I mean the Badgers just a little too much firepower. They got hot at the right time and made a made a run in the second half. But I can't believe they're playing Grambling tomorrow. Yep, or f- Friday. Friday. I mean, what are they going to have? Ten people there? Who scheduled this game? They're in a string of non conference. Who scheduled Lehigh? Well, Lehigh, I understand. Lehigh, and, Grambling, and, 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 and then early. No, for, I'm not talking about the team. I'm talking about the day. Oh, it's, Friday, it's, Friday before the Christmas. Friday before Christmas. Every, no one is on campus. No, because exams are just done. Everybody goes. 
Half the people that probably yeah. normally go to your game might be traveling or having Christmas. And now who's going to go to the game when we're all buried in however much snow yeah. we're going to get? I mean, the wind chills are going to be miserable. Do you really want to walk from the parking garage? Good Lord. A couple of blocks to the Kohl Center to watch Grambling the, the Friday before Christmas? Probably no. a bad move. So they got that, then they're off for a week. And then they play Western Michigan. Yep. So those are their three games non-conference before they jump back into conference play. They're up to 17 in the AP poll, and they keep rising in bracketology as well uh, as of right now. Yeah, they had them as a 5 in the East uh, uh, playing Iona in the in the dreaded 5-12 matchup. So. The Gales, the yes. Iona Gales. Yes. yes. All right. Um, your Marquette squad, you were kind of uh, impressed with their win over Creighton? Yeah, I mean, they got into the top 25 this week. They got up to 24. Um Beat Creighton earlier in the week. We were doing a game. Yep. Um, 69-58. Boy, Creighton really, I mean, I think it was their seventh loss in a row. They were number six or seven in the country earlier in the year, and they have just been in a tailspin. So good on Marquette for taking advantage of a a team in a a bad spot. Last night, unfortunately, I didn't get to watch the game because it wasn't on FS1. It was on CBS Sports Network, which I don't get. But... Marquette loses to Providence 103 to 98 in double overtime. Providence shot 49 free throws, Marquette shot 19. Little disparity. Providence had 30 or Marquette had 30 fouls called, Providence had like 14. Little disparity. Um normally in situations like that and we've seen enough you and I and you've probably picked up on this from the games when you just shoot jump shots, you don't shoot free throws. You nope. only, you got to go inside usually yep. to get fouled to shoot free throws. So you would say, well, Marquette must have chucked a lot of threes. Well, actually, Providence shot more threes. So Shaka Smart and a couple of the players after the game were frustrated. And the word lack of respect mm. came up a couple times from a couple of different people, including Shaka. Um, so... You know, I like I said, I didn't see the game. You know, people always say, well, you should have won the game. Blah, blah, blah. Okay, fine. You want to be that guy? Great. <laughs> I'm, I'm actually taking for what it what, what actually happened. And right. what actually happened was the home team shot 30 more free throws. That doesn't happen very often. That kind of a discrepancy. So, kind of stinks. I mean, you know, if you want to win a league, you got to win, gotta win that road game. games. Yep. You got to win road games. You got to win tough, tight Road games like the Badgers did at Iowa. That's how you win leagues, and this is one you hope you hope down the road you're not looking back at it that it bit you in the ass. It's not like it's a keep you out of the tournament kind of a loss because Providence I think is nine and three, ten and three, so they're they're a solid team, but uh, just a tough way to lose. And I, you know, I was I was reading some tweets and following some guys and. You know, it sounded like Marquette, you know, yeah, they had their chances. They did some dumb shit, but, you know, that's what college teams do. <laughs> but, yeah, it's just that that free throw thing, That that's a tough one to swallow, right? For sure. So they got Seton Hall home. Tuesday yep. at mm-hmm. home, which you would, would hope would be a win. Seton Hall, again, decent team, but nothing special. And then Bracketology has Marquette up to a seven in the Midwest playing a Kansas State team. Okay. So, Interesting. Yeah. Um, nothing to report really on whitewater stuff. Um, I'm sure the coaching search has probably started. It's probably not going to do a whole lot, um, over the holiday break with, uh, with kids gone until, you know, after the new year and, 
and staff and stuff like that. So high school stuff, I mean, I don't, there's nothing really we need to talk about. It's still Unfortunately, there's not a lot to talk about. Not a lot. I mean, the Parker girls had a two-game win streak, which was nice. Should have had three. And then they went and laid an egg against Milton last night. Serious, yep. For sure. You know, Craig boys had started off okay in the Big 8, and then they got absolutely obliterated last night at home by the New Sun Prairie. Um, Parker boys got destroyed on Saturday by Middleton, which has got the tallest high school basketball team I've ever seen. They had six, no, they had nine kids over 6'5", <laughs> including one who was 6'10", who's a sophomore, who's... And who ran the be floor really good. pretty well. Yep. Yep, for sure. Um, and then the Craig girls, I think they're, they're just kind of plugging along. They beat a couple of bad teams. So yeah. that's kind of it in a nutshell. We got the Optimus Tournament coming up. Those are afternoon games. Craig starts with Milton on Tuesday next week. And then I think Lakeside Lutheran and Oconomowoc is in the uh, is in the other semifinal. So we'll know who the winner of that is. And I, I would assume Craig will probably beat Milton and probably be in the championship then on that Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got the Craig boys jumping back into conference play against Verona after that. So we're going to do a double dip on Wednesday afternoon and evening. So that's kind of where we're standing with the high school stuff. Yep. Um, good top five that you texted me about yesterday. And we haven't, we've struggled to roll out content as far as coming up with topics well, part of it is because I can't five. remember what we already did, that's and I'm sure too. shit not going to go back and listen to all of them to try to remember. No, that's fine. So, your idea with Christmas coming up in a few days, the top five Christmas presents that we received as a kid that we can remember. Yes. Because my memory is not good. A long time ago that we were kids. I mean, a lot of the stuff has been documented on those little... VHS camcorder things mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and pictures, but that's I'm not going back through the family albums. My mom sent me a couple pictures, but we you said you were going to have to talk to your mom. I talked to mine. She didn't really come up with a whole yeah, lot. Yeah, not which, as helpful as we thought. I didn't think so at all. <laughs> not as helpful as we thought. So I'll let you go first. Oh, actually, you know what? Let me go first because I have fewer that I can remember. Okay. Number one, number one, beats anything, the Nintendo Entertainment System when it came out. And it was only out for maybe like a month. So you got it right when it came out? Right away. Okay. Because, and I know that because Super Mario Brothers was its own cartridge. Sure. It had not been packaged with Duck Hunt yet when all my oh, friends gotcha. had gotten them. I'm like, what's that? What's this gun thing? Yeah. Why is that two games in one? What's happening? Right. It's Why like, didn't I get that? Right. I had gotten it so early they hadn't packaged that yet. So I had Mario on its own. And then my dad stopped somewhere and got me... I remember my first three games, my dad had stopped and got me Kung Fu, which was just hilariously bad. Yeah, those were some rough games. And then uh, Kid Icarus. Oh, yeah. Okay, I remember playing that. That was hard as shit. Maddeningly hard. Hard as shit. I mean, I had the Nintendo power with the walkthrough and whatever. Didn't matter. Mm -mm. But I remember the day that I, the couple days that I left the Nintendo on and was we're keeping going back and played the game so safely and slowly that I finally got all the way to the end and beat Medusa, and I felt amazing. I can still <laughs> remember that. Still remember that. Nice. So Nintendo was number one, number one. Um, I remember the Christmas that I got my first bike. Okay. And and it was kind of a BMX racer-type bike, and that was when they had the, the BMX track down where Rotary oh, yeah. Gardens is oh, now. Yeah. Yep. So my dad took me down there, and we did some couple of wipeouts and i was ready to go home for sure um but it but i remember waking up and coming out in the living room and seeing the christmas tree and there was the bike all put together and that was my first bike and that that was awesome um 
I'm going to go off the reservation and not say as a kid because a couple of years ago, my parents surprised me with a big box that said Fragile. My mom had gone out and gotten a high heel, a department store to give her a mannequin leg, and then my had found the lampshade, found the frills, sewed that on, and my dad wired up and constructed a base, and they made me a Christmas story leg lamp. Yeah, that's pretty sweet. That's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, so I so I remember that, and I think probably mix in like Castle Gray Skull. <coughs> Pardon me. And then uh, you're a Star Wars guy. The the Imperial Walkers, the four legged dudes. I had one of those, mm-hmm. which was pretty badass at the time. I always wanted the Millennium Falcon. I thought that was a fine silver medal present. So those were probably my top five that I ever received. Is that a decent list? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That I can remember for sure, for sure. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I was, you know, I looked at some pictures. I talked to my mom, and yeah, same thing. Got a bunch of stuff on tape that I wasn't going to go back and watch, <laughs> but. Um, I was having a hard time differentiating. I remember the gifts. I just don't remember were they Christmas or birthday, and that's that was the tough part. I so, understand that. You know me. I I can never narrow it down to just five. <laughs> Top so, five list. That's eight. So I guess yeah. My tied for fifth. <laughs> okay. I have Ca- Castle Grayskull. That's awesome. Which, it's in there. No way. Open that door. Oh, my God, it's back there. It's in there. I still have it. That's awesome. So that's on there. That was, yeah, that, like, that was, like, a uh, one of the all-time huge toy gets of our era was getting Castle Gr- That was probably, like, when our dads got their, their like, loop-de-loop matchbox set or when our moms got, like, their Barbie Playhouse type thing. That was Castle of Grayskull for you younger people, and that was He-Man's castle. His his base. That was yes, his that's, base. That's right. So that was huge. That's great. Um, Nintendo for me. Yep. But I got mine later. I got. I think it came out in '84. I probably got mine in like '88. Okay. So my it was a it was a cool gift, but it wasn't like it had just come out. Sure. Um, let's see what else I got here. That was tied for fifth. That was tied for fifth. Wow. Okay. Um. Are you reevaluating? Yeah, I got to. I, I screwed up my numbers here, so okay. let me see. One, two. This is great radio. So that's gone. That's all right. Oh wow, that's gone. Okay. Um, I got in '87. I got a John Elway football set, helmet, jersey, oh, pants. Remember the old Rydell sets in the back of the yes. Penny's catalog? Heck yeah! So in '87, I got Elway. And in 88, I got Montana. They didn't want you to actually go out and play football in them. Well, it was good that I didn't have any siblings, thankfully. So, you know, nobody was hitting me in the head. Because they always said these are not meant no, they for were pla- they were plastic with, right. like, f- like styrofoam inside the helmet. <laughs> but, yeah, back-to-back years, I got those. That's pretty awesome. Which ended up also then being future Halloween costumes, of course. Very easy. Obviously. Um, next on my list, so this would be number four. Um Optimus Prime. Oh, Christmas yes. 85. Christmas 85 was a big Christmas for Dan. Okay. Big Christmas. Got Castle Grayskull. Got Optimus Prime. That's got two, two other things on this list. Oh, my God. So, number three. Let me guess. You're an only child. Yep. And, yep. Yes, exactly. That's, okay. that's right. <laughs> Good times. Number three. And this is, this is more sentimental for me than anything. So, 
my mom's parents uh, were huge Cub fans. Okay. So when I was a little kid, after you know half day of kindergarten or whatever or preschool, I would always go to, go to grandma's house, right. and the Cubs always played at one o'clock on WGN. So I grew up watching the Cubs as much or more than I watched the Brewers. And them being big Cub fans, it was always kind of a thing with me and my grandma, Brewers versus Cubs. And and at this point in time, Brewers are in the AL, Cubs are in the NL. They're only gonna. There's no interleague. They, right, never, they play. never play. So it was just this nonstop shit talking contest between my grandma and seven or eight year old me. So for Christmas that year, she got me a 1983 Topps Ryan Sandberg rookie card. Whoa! That I think she paid like five dollars for. That I still have to this day. Just recently got graded at PSA. Came back an eight. So it's about a forty, fifty dollar card, but that doesn't matter as much. Sentimental value. And uh, you sure. know they've both since passed. That's great. My, my grandpa did get to see the Cubs win the World Series. So even though it kind of made me throw up a little bit, I was happy for him. That's awesome. So that's a cool one. Yes, that's a good story. Number two, those same grandparents in '85 bought me this three wheel ATV. It was electric. It oh, had yeah. a battery in yep. it. Yep. I remember these well. This fucking thing had like a battery life of like 46 seconds. <laughs> you charge this son of a bitch for like a week, put it on there. I'd get like halfway through the yard and the bastard done. was done. Yep. So, I, I get it. And it was like the coolest thing that just nah, didn't quite pan out to what I was hoping it was going to be. At least you could ride them. Because I got a four-wheeler that was just the same description as Uh what you're talking about. I was over the weight limit. Oh, yeah. Not good. So it was just trudging and trudging and trudging (laughs) and trudging. It's like when you weigh down a golf cart with so much weight and it doesn't, or you're trying to go up a hill. Yeah. It's like, are we going to make it? But the battery thing just drove me crazy. I mean, as a little kid, like, there's nothing worse than having to wait. I have to wait a day for this thing to charge. That's it. When you but finally get on there. My number one all time. All right. It's not even close. It's super easy. Um, Christmas of 84. Got my first dog, oh, Checker. That's awesome. She was uh, black and white Springer Spaniel. That's why we named her Checker. Like a, like a checkerboard. Very nice. I named her that. Um, lived to be 16. Lived all the way through that's my long, sophomore year of college. That's a long life. And, and I got her when I was three. Wow. So uh yeah. Boy, but, that must have been rough. Oh yeah. At the well end. they're all they're all I know, they're but, all brutal, but the but first, I mean, that, when you get your childhood dog and then you and you're in college and you lose yep. that, that's rough. Her losing her and then losing Kramer a yeah. few years ago for those of you who uh had the pleasure of, of seeing my yeah. dog Kramer, those were those were the two toughest for me. For sure, but I'm that's sure a great Christmas present. Euchre down the road will be no better, but yeah, just an awesome Christmas present for a little kid. No kidding, you know, and, and look, wants a dog. I wanted a dog. My dad wanted a dog. She was she was our hunting dog for years, and uh, yeah, just she was she was great, and uh, I still miss her. But by far my my number one Christmas. That's fantastic. Christmas yeah, that's a good list. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great list. Yeah, it was kind of fun to think back on some. It was funny looking at some pictures, though, and seeing some of the shit that we got. And it's like, I don't remember getting that at all. And I remember getting that, and it was a hunk of shit. And it was a hunk of shit when I opened it, and I knew it was a hunk of shit. And I had to smile like I wanted it, and I never used it. <laughs> you know you know what I'm talking about. You get some toy. That is so And you're great. like, oh, I don't play with mask. I like Transformers and G.I. Joe. 
will show you what my mom <laughs> sent me today. One of them uh, picture because she went through those albums. Where's my mom's text? Message? I'll tell you what. And this didn't make my list because it's a terrible one, but I'll show it to you before you go. I got this baseball strategy game from my uncle. There's my mask vehicles. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I loved Mask. Yeah, but see, it I didn't play with so them. Un- I, I'm not ripping on them. They, I just didn't. Want, I didn't play with them. They didn't allow me to play with GI Joes. Too violent. S- correct. Yeah, I didn't so, like the so guns. I, right. Yeah. I had to go with Mask, and I had to go with Star Wars, and there was one other one. He man, Voltron. Oh, Voltron. Sure, bootleg Transformers. I had the <laughs> yeah. Voltron big cat that uh-huh. went into you know six different, five different parts or whatever it was. But I, I do. I have this baseball strategy game that I got from my uncle when I was like 10. To this day, we've never figured out how to play it. It's too complicated. <laughs> to this to day. this day. Once every like year, I'll look in my closet and see it, and I'll get it out, and I'll try to read the directions. It's unbelievable. <laughs> it's unbelievable. There's me on my BMX bike. Sweet. That's, mom found that. That's nice. I'm in my little Christmas story onesie right there. <laughs> that's, what, that's what that is. Uh. My God. Good times. That was that was a good good list. I'm not even gonna bother with the music. We've gone past that. We're we're not gonna side off and, and hit the post like we're supposed no. to. So that's a good uh, hour and a half plus. Yep. Good list. Uh, I hope you have a good Christmas. Hopefully this thing doesn't erase. <laughs> hope we can post it. That's <laughs> true too. Um, so yes, thank you for listening and uh, downloading. And hey, Christmas present to us. Tell your friends to hop on the uh, bandwagon for the intentional follow as well. We would definitely appreciate it. Yeah, so. and, and to everybody that does listen, we wish you a Merry Christmas, yes. Happy Holidays, whatever you weirdos celebrate. We don't really care, but we hope you have a good time doing it. And uh, we always appreciate the listening and the feedback. Absolutely. So if you guys got any great Christmas presents or something that you want to let us know about, yeah, hit us up. Something we're not talking about, you want us to? Nobody ever does except Ian and Matt, and that's cool. We appreciate (laughs) it. We appreciate it. Liz says she listens to every episode. Have not heard a word of feedback. Come on, Liz. That's a bunch of malarkey right there. So (laughs) that is how we will end this edition. Uh, Again, thank you for sticking through all the way uh, to the end with us, and uh, have a good Christmas and a new year, and we will talk to you down the road. I'm Josh. I'm Dan. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Let's go, Bucks. Get a Christmas Day win.